The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must eat America back as liberty weeps. Our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. Lord knows they'll try to silence our voices. Tend to be patriots, fighting for fairness for all. But they're not even fit. And we're back on the National Intel Report. It is Friday, June 12, 2020. We're an hour two of the broadcast. I'm filling in for John Statmuller tonight. Taking your phone calls for the rest of the broadcast, 1-800-313-9443. I'm joined by Jeremy in Kentucky. Then I've got Daniel in BC, Chance in West Virginia coming up. Jeremy, how you doing tonight? What's on your mind? Doing uh, relatively well, Aaron, in my little uh, area of West Kentucky. We are uh, dodging madness of both Corona hoax lockdowns and of uh, this real-life version of uh, whatever this revolution is. I'm not even sure what to call it. Uh, But it does feel like we're reaching levels of Turner Diaries that shouldn't even be possible. Uh, And what I wanted to make a comment on was that the problem, whatever this revolution is and wherever it's going, their problem is going to be rural America. Those of us good old red American, red-blooded American uh, men that own weapons uh, and our women that support us, uh, they're not going to be able to bring this nonsense here, and they know better. So um, I, I think we will see autonomous zones going to different cities in the U.S., we may even have one here in Louisville. That we had a lot of trouble in Louisville, Kentucky, with uh, the the protests. And Louisville is quite a bit of ways uh, away from me. Uh, but uh, Louisville is one of those places that has uh, a, a, a lot of diversity. Let's just say, uh, and uh, you know they had a, a young black lady killed. Uh, police did a no knock warrant, and uh, the uh, boyfriend thought they were intruders. He shot at them, and they shot and killed the girl. Uh, and there's there's riots over, but the riots didn't happen until the George Floyd madness. I mean that that event when the young lady was killed was was almost uh, was weeks before the George Floyd. But I guess the point that I wanted to make is that they know better than to come to the suburbs. So how are they going to handle the suburbs? Well, I would anticipate that they're just going to let this nonsense go down in the city, uh, in in the cities, and let it let it fizzle out, and then they're going to try to pass some kind of some kind of they're going to do another gun grab. I'm sure, 
uh, to disarm rural America and then uh, maybe on the second wave of protests. You know how, like, we're going to have a second wave of coronavirus. I think we're going to have a second wave of these protests. Um, you know, they're going to try to take rural America down a notch or two. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but what what I did want to just – trying to step back and get a 40,000-foot get a view of the whole situation. And, you know, this is anarchy. I mean, this is total anarchy. The anarchists, whether they're uh, whether they're Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or just innocent people caught up in it that that are getting on the protests that you know that want to steal from Target, anarchy brings tyranny. This is uh, always the case. As a student of history, I've always found this to be true. I mean, you look back at the French Revolution when the, the peasants overthrew the monarchs. You had a, a vacuum uh, power of power there, and the Jacobins stepped in and they started their reign of terror uh, and then you had napoleon uh you had this in the bolshevik revolution the bolsheviks who were not russian uh, they were actually 85 percent jewish they uh did the revolution in russia tw- 20 to 30 million russians killed uh they stepped into power and uh, you know then you had total communism in russia for uh just over 80 years and then you know in the chinese you had the color revolutions where mao Zedong took power so always in these revolutions, these people are stirred up. They're, they're taught to fight against the system. They cause anarchy and chaos, and then terrible, tyrannical rulers step in. Um, that's usually the case, and uh, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know if that's going to play out that way here. Um, but we got our popcorn, and we're watching it. So wh- what do you think about all that, Farron, and specifically the part about them uh, not wanting to come to rural America? I'm, I'm, I know I already know what you're uh, I have an idea what you're going to say. Well, I don't know how they could possibly handle this rural area where I'm at because this is this is good old boy territory uh, on steroids, and everyone's armed to the teeth. I mean, people have full-blown arsenals out through here. I mean, it's commonplace. I would love to see them try. You know, when I was texting with you earlier, I told you that's my favorite parts when they're going to – I'd like to see them uh, try to uh, try, try, try it out. Here, the other thing, and and I, I think you make some great points, but I wanted to run this one by you when I saw you were coming on. I, you know, we, we talked about the, the bricks. Uh, there was actually some improvised munitions that were found, you know, like pipe bombs and this kind of thing. I think what we should be suspect of right now is another staged event, some type of false flag event, maybe a mass shooting, maybe a bombing, maybe blamed on... Uh, a white group or or a white individual, whatever, to keep the fanning the flames. The, the nightly news and the news media is doing a great job fanning the flames. I mean, they are fanning till they can't fan no more. Every night, George Floyd back on, the knee on his neck. Uh, you know, you, you go get a drink and come back. They're, they're back to another version of the knee on the neck. So they're trying to, and they show all of these other black people that's being beat up by cops or whatever, just to keep the, the rage level at a peak so that they'll go out and protest every night. I'm assuming that's what they're doing. But I think we're right to see another event as, as heinous uh, or, or more heinous to keep this summer of riots uh, going as long as they can toward the election. What do you think about that? Most definitely. We know these things are funded, and just like you got all of these riots you got you hear a lot of talk of george soros now i know he's not the only one he's just the guy that they let us know about that way if they ever want to take george soros down they can be like oh look we got the guy but really there's like you know hundreds more in the background funding it too but these things are always funded i mentioned in history 
The French Revolution was funded by the Rothschilds. The, the Bolshevik Revolution was funded by Wall Street Jews. And, you know, you, you do have this going on where they do what we call um, Patrick show. Uh, Patrick and I call it fake and gay ops. But uh, I wouldn't doubt if they did set up some kind of scenario, something uh, where that they could, you know, it's a false flag events and they, they could gain more power. But one thing I wanted to, to bring up before I, uh, before we let other callers on is that, you know, in the cases of history that I've talked about in the past, there's always been the, the commoners, the common people overthrowing the government or the monarchy or the czar. Well, this is different. What this looks like to me is that the minorities and the, the LGBTQ crowd and all of them are teaming up with aspects of the government and tech CEOs to overthrow the predominantly white Christian working class men of this country. Like we are the, the, like they are the, the proletarians, uh, you know, and we are the bourgeoisie, uh, yeah. the rural Americans are the bourgeoisie to be overthrown. Cause like you said, they know they can't come get us. That's what it looks like to me. And I'm glad we have president Trump in. I think they're going to try to, to take, take him out in this, uh, you know, take him out of power, uh, hopefully not take him out like physically, but, uh, you know, cause he, with all of our criticism of Trump, he has been a buffer to stop a lot of things that would have happened had we had a Jeb Bush or a Clinton. They would have went totally Bolshevik on us. Um, but I think that, you know, he's powerless. He commanded 10,000 10, military troops to help protect the White House last weekend, and they told him no. The military said no. He had to get with Barr and get, like, 5,000 federal agents and, like, pull people out of, out of couch cushions here and there. Uh, to protect the White House from these rioters. So he has almost been stripped of power, it looks like. And, and the the rural Americans, gun-toting gun Americans, we are the bourgeoisie, and the pro, they're going to have the proletarian overthrow us. That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Well, hey, thanks so much. Hang on for me there, uh, there Jeremy. And we're going to go to Daniel in British Columbia. Then we got Chance, Mark, and David coming up. Daniel, how you doing? What's on your mind? Thanks for calling. Oh, pretty good, Farron. Yeah, I uh, I did a little bit of homework on the uh, RBN archives and uh, the alternative media. Such a great show you have. Um, on the date 7-9-2016, you talk about the other uh, Black Lives Matter uprising in, in 2016. That happened, I believe, after Freddie Gray, or it was uh, Trayvon Martin or a combination of the two, where five... Dallas police officers were killed. And it's a really great show for any of your listeners that want to go into the archives. Um, even Robert Ravel calls in at the end of the third hour. So that's uh, a really good show. Um, I, I did put a couple of points down that I wanted to talk about. Um, one was the fact that you hear, oh, blacks can't be racist. You know, if, we've all heard this. It's it's so untrue that it just makes me laugh. I mean, if you look at uh, the South African, uh, the white the whites in South Africa right now are you know they're being slaughtered. That's not making anyone go out and protest. It's amazing. And then you take a look at the um, the albino blacks um, in Africa. They're like uh, non citizens. They're shunned. Um, I mean, we don't see very many white albinos. And because uh, they pretty much stay indoors, they don't go out in the sun much, but they're not second class citizens. Um, in fact, Johnny Winters is one of the most famous ones, and he's a, 
rock musicians from the 70s. So just a couple of points there. Uh, another quick point, uh, these protests, um, how come they're not using these uh, sound cannons that we used to, to hear about all the time, or these water cannons that you see in Europe? It's just kind of funny how they're throwing a couple of smoke bombs in there and making it seem like the, the cops are trying to get rid of them. It doesn't seem like that's the case at all. They're letting them uh, be in front of the White House. Um, what a disgrace. I mean, and then they're calling Trump. Uh, I don't know how they can blame Trump for any of this. You know, how uh, Trump um, making the, uh, the economy so good before COVID that the black unemployment is the, the lowest in history and Hispanic. You know, so I just thought I'd leave you with those points. Well, you know. The, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. You make a good point, because I had thought about that, and I've not brought it up. They have the LRAD, which we saw deployed in Iraq. Uh, uh, Jeremy may know more about that. If he knows anything about it, he knows more than I do. Then they have some other frequency weapons, like, like generates heat. We've seen all these things demonstrated. No discussion of uh, using any of that. And so many of these pictures where the cop cars have been burned down, burned out, and it's like just rows of them, rows of these cop cars, like they were intentionally abandoned and left to be burned down. I don't quite, I don't quite understand. And uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the the Alvado gentleman you're talking about, winners. He had the song "Rock Candy," if I'm not mistaken. Jeremy, anything you'd like to add? Well, unfortunately, I was a mechanic in the Air Force. I didn't handle weaponry, um, but I know they had such weapons that they did use on the Iraqis. Uh, the sound. You know, the weapons of where you could just make people drop drop to the ground. It didn't really harm them. It just caused them a lot of, of discomfort and temporary pain. But, but yeah, that's all I know about it. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got this technology. They act like they can't disperse the crowd and the liberal snowflakes. I uh, don't want you to use a tear gas. But then it's okay for these businesses to just be completely um, looted. I mean, it's we, we are really seeing a, the, I believe, in my opinion, and I'll, I'll get yours, Daniel, but we are really seeing the true character of our um, news media in America and our uh, government, and it is very ugly. Yeah, just kind of like Jeremy alluded to, um, there's that Latin phrase, ordo ab chaos, or order out of chaos. Um, You know, this uh, this is what they want. They want the burned up police cars on the nightly news with uh, Lester Cockholt, and uh, that's all there is to it. And if these were uh, Second Amendment protesters or uh, anti-lockdown COVID protesters, you can you can bet that they're going to bring out those the LRAD and the water cannons and whatever means necessary, right? So I'll leave oh, yeah, you with and that. Ha- Thanks. Have them charged with crimes uh, like like Jacob Goodwin and get ten years in prison for. Uh, uh, something that happens in a bar every night, a little old fist fight, ruin a young man's life. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. 1-800-313-9443 if you'd like to join in. Let's go to Chance in West Virginia. Chance, thanks for holding. What's on your mind, sir? Yes, hello, Farron, my man. It's good to hear you more. It's great to hear you more than once a week. You know, Farron, it'd be really interesting if those communists roll into West Virginia because practically every house in this state is well-armed, you know, just like your area. That would be interesting. You know, Farron, a large number of heads are going to need to roll. 
uh, mayors, governors, police chiefs, all these people that are giving in. I'm wondering, Trump's administration needs desperately to bring RICO statutes into effect and connect all these people and, and sweep them all out and imprison them all. What do you feel, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, Sean Hannity talks about it at length all the time, um, and I would love to see it. It's, a, it's absolutely justified. I mean, we've seen corruption uh, before his presidency and uh, during his uh, inauguration period and, and after he took office. The, the coup that they set up at the highest levels, it reaches o Obama. Um, yeah. But they keep mm -hmm. talking about it, but I'm waiting for, you know, I'm waiting for some arrests too, Chance, but then... You, you contrast that with all of this corruption at the highest levels, uh, the FBI, the DOJ, but they're railroading Roger Stone. You know, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. I mean, up is down, black is white. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and in fact, if we can't see arrest of Clapper, Comey, a Stroke, uh, the, all the rest of these people that were eyeball deep into this attempt to bring down a president, then we've got a we've got a, a two tiered justice system which we absolutely do have, uh, and we've got you know we've got corruption at the highest levels of our government that's going completely unchecked. And you know, Farron, I'm going to leave you and your entire audience with this one last statement: If the law is willing to take a knee, just remember that you're on your own and you're going to have to protect yourself. Face up to it. That's That looks like a reality. Okay, Farron, God bless you, and thank you for letting me talk. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much. 1-800-313-9443. And, uh, you know, that the optic of the uh, Nancy Pelosi and all of uh, the Democrats taking the knee with the African prayer cloth, I mean, I'm telling you what, you could not make this stuff up, man. Mark in Philly, then we got David in Boston coming up. Hello, Farron. Very good to hear you. Uh, I just want to bring up a few things here, and uh, I know the, the break will come up, but hopefully you carry me through. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, three years ago, I, have, I happen to have been ad adopted, but three years ago, out of the blue, something called me to look up my father's side of, of my family, who had, which I'd never done extensively, and I, I found out my great-great-grandfather was in the Civil War. He was in the Battle of the Wilderness, and he he was out, he lived in Pennsylvania, so he was for the he was with the North, but he was mustered in. In other words, he was you know he was uh, required to go in and you know uh, uh, mandatory service. So anyway, he was uh, captured, taken prisoner, and he was taken to Andersonville. And he was there for eleven months, prisoner of war. So uh, and I found out this information in four days' time, uh, lickety split, pretty much, and uh, without I didn't join any. Uh, uh, any of those websites. So the thing is, then afterwards, I was like, well, what's going on here? Why, why is this out of the blue? And then I'm, I'm looking this up, and I'm finding this out. It was profound to, to find that out. And because uh, had he not survived, I wouldn't be here. Okay, so he went through a lot of suffering. 11 months in Andersonville, which was one of the worst prisons of the Civil War. Now, I grew up in southern Missouri, and I would have been for the South. But uh, when I discovered that, I was very surprised. But yet, you know, uh, Everybody's just trying to do the right thing, and you know. But anyway, the the point is that um, now there's there's the there's the music. I'll I'll hold it. Hey, hang on, we'll, we'll talk about it on the other side. Stay with me. Back in moments.
Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. As a listener of RBN, you're surely concerned about being informed and being ready for whatever may come. Please consider the following questionnaire as a soul-jarring wake-up call. If you answer no to more than two of these following questions, you probably aren't going to make it through any major disruption in our country. The questions were compiled by people that have been there. Are you really ready? Do you own your own firearm for the primary defense and protection of you and your loved ones? Have you ever been professionally trained to stand against life-threatening behavior? Have you ever practiced enough to fire 500 rounds during a two- to four-day time frame, day and night? Can you load, unload, fire, and clear a jam in total darkness? Have all the adults in your household been professionally trained? Are you, life and death, comfortable with your abilities with pistol, revolver, shotgun, and rifle? Are you aware that everything that you do to prepare for an emergency is a waste of time, money, and energy? If you haven't owned your abilities to their highest level to protect and keep what you have, do you have the repair parts that will most likely be needed for each of your firearm, and do you have the ability to install those parts? Could you completely clean every firearm you own? Are you aware that your body won't go where your mind hasn't been? In other words, without proper training, followed by regular practice, you probably will not win a gunfight. Well, how did you measure up? Take the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to start correcting your deficiencies by receiving your Commander Lifetime Membership with Front Sight Firearms Training Facility. A one-time donation to RBN for $500 will give you a Commander Lifetime Membership at Front Sight as a tremendously huge thank-you bonus. See details on RBN's webpage to make it happen. The clock is ticking. You had better be ready before it happens. All right, we are back report. I'm filling in for John Statmiller. I'm joined by Jeremy in Kentucky. We're taking phone calls for the rest of the broadcast, and we've got uh, Mark and Philly currently with us. Then we've got David Allen, Janine, and Fred coming up. Mark, the break uh, broke your train of thought. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so thank you, for, thank you for Aaron. So the thing is, it's like, I, so then I wonder, it's like, what in the world? Uh, why is this coming up? And why, you know, it's, it was a big discovery for me. And to, to find out that um, one of my ancestors uh, survived 11 months in a very, very bad prison, if, if, not one of the, if not the worst prison of the Civil War, and nothing against the South, because I believe we were, both sides were set up. And, I mean, 740,000 men lost their souls. 
Okay, I mean, lost their lives. I'm sorry, but uh, so so then my so then I reflected on it. I said, you know, I believe in soul and I believe in spirit. And I said, I said, okay, this may be a message from my great great grandfather. Wake up and listen. So then in 2018, and I contemplated it for a year. In 2018, I said, it doesn't matter who wins the election. Although I did vote for Trump, and I, you know, of course he's the, he seems to be the best pick. But it doesn't matter who wins the election. Why? Because the evildoers on the bad side, the ones that are hiding behind everything and have infiltrated our government, infiltrated everything, our medical system, our legal system, our money, of course, our money system. Okay? It doesn't matter because they're going to stir up trouble and they're going to put us in conflict, which is very much like a civil unrest, or a, or a civil war. And I think that's what's coming. Now, I want to ask you, uh, Farron, did you listen to uh, David Duke on Thursday? Hmm. Eric Stryker, did you, I did. Yeah. So, now listen, and I normally don't listen to David Duke, but that day, for some reason, I tapped in, and Eric Stryker was on there, and I was, like, sitting on the edge of my seat because a lot of stuff that Eric Stryker was saying seemed to be pretty in, – it, it, it's intense, but it's like, look uh, – we are, you know, this incrementalism has been coming at us for 100 years, but they have sped up this incrementalism, and it's coming at us at a very swift rate. The other thing that's happening is the Hegelian dialectic, okay? And this time they're using sequential Hegelian dialectics, you know, problem, reaction, solution, problem, reaction, solution, problem, reaction, solution, and they're multiple, they're layering them. Okay, so now, you know, uh, we got the, the coronavirus, and then they, then they went to this, uh, this deal with uh, Floyd, okay, and 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 then and then this deal and taking down all the statues, and then and then it's going to go. And now coronavirus is coming up. All the statistics are coming up. And and by the way, I know several people that actually got that. And I'm telling you, they don't care about the people. They don't care about them after they've gotten the, uh, checked off on the statistics that they got it. Because afterwards, they're not following through. They don't care about the health of the individual. They just want another mark on that checklist to get that coronavirus statistic way up there so they can bring us the vaccine. And I'm telling you, I think that's what they're working toward. So uh, the thing is that uh, people, we got to take this seriously. And I, I appreciated what Eric Stryker had to say. What, what did you think about Eric, what Eric Stryker had to say? Well, you know, his, his website is national-justice.com, and it's, it's a great source. I try to look at it every couple of days, and I thought a lot of what his assessment of what we're seeing and where they're taking us was, was spot on. Um, and I've, I've followed him for, for some time now, and I didn't know, I don't know if he's a regular guest on Thursdays or ever up Thursday or if that was just by, by happenstance, but I would urge everyone to give that website uh, a look-see, and you might can find that uh, archive, or you can find it on uh, uh, com. Yeah. But uh, we're coming up on the break. I'll give you the last word, anything you want to add, and then we'll come back with uh, David in Boston. Okay, well, I, I thank you very much, uh, uh, Farron. And the thing is, I think that they're going to they're gonna bounce something off, another extreme kind of thing that will further distract us. Meanwhile, they're going to sneak in the coronavirus statistic, raise it up, raise it up, and they're going to, they're gonna, I think they're going to do another lockdown. They're going to bring, and they might bring out another version of the of this uh, that's really for for real serious and uh but they're they're going to do something they're going to put us in further lockdown and i mean they're stripping away the the the, uh, the constitution left and right and it's absolutely ridiculous and so many people are going along with it and i'm thinking have these people lost their minds the the mom and pops are the industri- are the uh or the economic engine of the United States and has been for a long, long, long time. And if they destroy that, then we're, I mean, look, that's bad. That's bad. And you, you realize that because you have, you've had your own business and I grew up in family owned business. So thank you very much, Farron. Uh, and so we got to, we got to really pay attention to this stuff because this is, this is serious. They're bringing on, they're bringing on civil unrest, civil, civil conflict, maybe civil war. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Jeremy, you want to weigh in before we go to the break? Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I catch Eric Stryker uh, every Tuesday. He does uh, Striking Mike with Mike Enoch on uh, the right stuff biz. And a lot of the stuff spills over into David Duke's show. And that's almost every Thursday. But yeah, I think he was spot on. And I think Mark is spot on. Uh, all of this uh, civil unrest is going to give the system an excuse to clamp the knee down. Tyranny follows uh, anarchy to clamp the knee down on our necks. And then when the next lockdown happens, they might even have a militarized uh, enforcement. Absolutely. It's almost a perfect storm scenario. I mean, the way this uh, this De Derek Chauvin event happened right when the, the everyone had come to grips with that the pandemic had been way overhyped and it didn't make sense the way they were still in this area. You can't get your uh, like if you want to get a colonoscopy or something, you still can't get that done to this day. Uh, they're not doing that because of the COVID-19. And in the county I live in, I think there's like 66 people currently sick and like four in the hospital. It's, it's, it's like the flu or less than the flu. So it's it's, it's just nuts. But uh, I think we're, we're coming up on that break. When we come back, we're going to go to David, Allen, Janine, and Fred. Stay with me back in moments. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. This is too good to be true, except this time it is real. 100%. No joke. How about a $25,000 membership to Front Sight Firearms Training Facility as a thank you bonus? For a one-time donation to RBN of only $500, it is a Commander Lifetime membership with no yearly fees or dues. The training is free for the rest of your life with over 50 different classes. Then leave it to your designated beneficiary. You provide the approved firearm, holster, ammo, eye, and ear protection. Many features and bonuses are included, more than you would ever expect or believe. This is the ultimate graduation present, wedding gift, etc., etc. See the details. Go to RBN's webpage and frontsite.com to make it happen. You will hear this offer only on this radio network. Help keep RBN alive. Tell five. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. 
Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend We're back on the National Intel Report. Farron filling in for John Statmiller, taking your phone calls for the rest of the broadcast. We're going to go to David in Boston, patiently holding. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Oh, hi, Farron. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yeah. Farron, you know, you know how the state always tells us that uh, a driver's license is not a right, it's a privilege. You know how the state always tells us that, right? That's right. That's right. A driver's, a driver's license is not a right, it's a privilege. That's right. That's true. Yeah. So listen, Farron, uh, so since a driver's license is not a right, it's a privilege, what I got to think of was uh, driver's licenses and white people have an awful lot in common. What? What? They tell what driver's licenses have in common with white people. Isn't that preposterous? Well, I'm here to tell you, Farron. Being white is not a right. It's a privilege. Being white is not a right. It's a privilege. That's my response to the state that keeps telling me that a driver's license is not a right. It's a privilege. What do you think? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you just fine. Yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. Well, you know, they have reduced our ability to work various professions through the advent of these privilege licenses because they make everything a privilege license so that you're sanctioned by the state uh, to, to work in various fields, you know, real estate agent, electrician, plumber. Um, but, you know, this whole notion of white privilege uh, – that is something that they have created to try to use to get the altruistic whites to go along with this ridiculous absurdity. Like, you know, everything, and I want to get Jeremy's opinion on this too, and I'll get yours uh, as well, but everything in a, in a real world should be merit-based, you know? Uh, that's what the NBA is. The best players play for whatever team. I'm okay with that. I don't care if they're all black. If they're the best, and they are, uh, that's merit-based. But they don't want that in job hiring and scholarships and college admissions. They don't want a merit-based system, which a merit-based system is the only fair 
system. And I've got no problem if the smartest person that gets the highest grade is black or if they're oriental or if they're white or or whatever that they earned it they deserve it so a merit-based system is should be what we are all advocating for uh instead of you know this this reverse discrimination against white people uh with with things like affirmative action um let me go back to you first david then we'll go uh back to jeremy Okay, yeah, Fallon. Now, I hope you understood me. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in white privilege at all. I'm white back here in Boston. I could tell you unbelievable stories how I've been discriminated against all my life back here for, for, for being white. Okay? So I'm not, when I say that, that being, but I, I value my whiteness. And these white people, they better start valuing their whiteness and be, recognize that it's a privilege to be white. It's a privilege to be white. I'm not saying we have white privilege. We have nothing but, but reverse discrimination. But, uh, but anyway, so, 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 so being white, it's not a right, but it is a privilege. If you're white, you're privileged. And Fallon, uh, to follow up with a little bit of humor, okay, a little levity. Uh, you know, you know me. I'm a. I wanted to be a comedian, but I failed as a comedian. Now I'm trying to be a humorist, and I can't be a comedian. I'm trying to be a humorist. Fallon, here's another question for you. What, what do you call white people with rosy cheeks? You know how white, especially white, like back here in Boston, Irish kids, if they come in from a snowball fight, if they're out building a snowman in the wintertime or something, the Irish kids come in the house to get some hot chocolate and brownies or something, and they've got beautiful rosy cheeks. Well, what do you, what do you call white people that have beautiful rosy cheeks? Well, gentlemen, I'm here to tell you. Yeah, white people, that, and white, especially white children that have beautiful rosy cheeks, we call them people of color. People of color. They're people of color, Baron. So don't, so, don't, so don't let these racists use this weaponized, uh, racially charged term of people of color. Us white people are the real people of color. You know, most of these wimps, white wimps should be blushing, blushing red with embarrassment. But I'm here to tell you, I flush red with anger. I flush red. I, I'm a person of color, and, I, and I, I'm a white man that can flush red. When I see red, I flush red with anger. And a lot of these white wimps, they, 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 they better find their, you know, you know what, what they better find. And when they do, their face is going to be flushed with anger, and they're going to see red. And, and they're going to be peak white men of color when, when their fury rises up into their face. Their faces are going to flush red. And then that's, that's when we get our country back, when these white faces flush red with anger. Okay? Hey, thank you so much, David. Thank you so much. Jeremy, anything you'd like to add to a merit-based system? Well, I can feel his anger. Uh, but, yeah, the, the merit-based system, uh, European-Americans do tend to climb to the top of that, and uh, that's why affirmative action was in place. Uh, it's not merit-based anymore. It's, it's based on race. It's racial discrimination against European-Americans. And I would say that there is definitely a UR privilege if you're, if you're Jewish, and because I mean, Jewish people do uh, are disproportionately represented in uh, politics, in media, and in higher institutions of learning, such as Yale and Harvard. Um, and I, I think that the people at the top, at the very top percentage, have thrown us all together uh, since the 1960s uh, in, in, a, in a circumstance where 
people of color, blacks and Mexicans, can't achieve the same, you know, performance status as European American whites. And so uh, they've done that on purpose, and that's to create dissension among the races and to get us fighting amongst each other. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it, it is going to come down to the – I know some very good white men that have gotten good businesses here in West Kentucky, good barbecue businesses, and I think they'll be on our side uh, when this hits the fan. But uh, I do want to go back to my original point that uh, this is going to come down to uh, the system using uh, minorities – to overthrow the, the 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 populations of uh, rural America and to treat us like we're the uh, the uh, you know to, to paint us as we're racist, we're keeping them down. And uh, w- when you throw these groups together and you get fighting, the system takes advantage of that. Yeah, creating a clash of civilizations. All right, Alan in Texas, thank you for holding, Alan. How you doing tonight? Then we got Janine and Fred coming up. Yeah, good afternoon, Baron. Yeah, um, hey, uh, haven't heard from Dave for a, for a long time, back when Jack McLam was around, I think was the last time I heard from him. But on to my point. Um, uh, I, I keep seeing this, um, this, you know, this video of, uh, you know, the chauvinist guy with his, neck, his knee on the neck. And like I said, I, I look in the background. I don't look at what they want us to see. I, I look, you know, in the back and see what's going on. And I've been looking at, at where this guy's right knee is. It appears that his right knee is on the ground, Okay. And his right hand appears to be, you know, down low on his right thigh. And, uh, and his left hand is in his pocket. And then his right knee is on the back of the neck of this great big black guy. You know, his neck's it's about, the size, about the size of, a, you know, probably the top end of a power pole. I just happen to have some of those around here. And I've gone out and I've tried just to, just to copy the simple physics um, that, that, we, that they've shown us that are involved in this. Go out and try this. Put your right knee on the ground and your right your right hand look kind of low down, you know, down to by your knee on your thigh, and put your left hand in your pocket and see how much force you can apply with your left knee and stay on balance. It's just not possible. It's hard enough to get enough force to even drive a splinter into your left knee. So if just I'm just another just another point that that we need to look at to show that this whole thing was planned long in advance and it's all just. It's just theater. What, well, you're what do you think? I mean, have you, have you looked at any of this? I mean, it's kind of like kind of like the coffin thing. Like I said, that coffin, that, that, at least the one that they showed in Minneapolis when they had his mock funeral, um, like I said, it w- would have been a good fit for my little 89-year-old mother. You know, much less a six-foot-four, what, six-foot-four, 300-plus-pound guy. I mean, it's it's just the physics of the whole thing just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I did. I looked at that, and you've got the, um, you know, there's a lot of people that's claiming the the arrest picture looks different and younger than the picture at at the event, which I think there's, you know, you could definitely make that argument. They do look, he does look uh, younger. Then the aspect of them both working at the bar, uh, the timing of it, uh, if it just all happened by happenstance, the timing of this was just perfect for a, for the powers that be. And then the other thing that I've, I've thought about is, you know, how how mobile did Black Lives Matter have to be? How organized did, are, are they that they can set up these riots in all these cities, got the signs, got the bullhorns, you know, got everybody on the same marching orders uh, so quickly? You know, uh, it just seems like, you know, you've got to be sitting around totally prepared to go riot 
at any time to to have that kind of preparedness in place so quickly. But um, interesting, interest, interesting questions for sure, Alan. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, talking about about you know how how it spread. You know, this also like the COVID spread worldwide. I mean, there are even Palestinians over there showing support with George Floyd. You know, I mean, how ridiculous does this have to get before anyone wakes up and says, this just doesn't make any sense? Well, that's the other thing. The, the fact that they were able to spread this to all these other cities, I mean, this, I mean, I know there's a larger minority population than probably has ever been in London. I get that. And, you know, France and, and Germany. But um, would they really care unless someone was instigating it and organizing it? And my, my gut says, no, they wouldn't care about the death of, of someone that was a, basically a, a career criminal um, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know. Uh, but, yet we've seen it. And, and this area, all I can speak to what I've seen here, this area, they're every night still. Now, they're not burning down riots like they were. But there's pretty big protests, blocking interstates, and all that kind of stuff going on, uh, you know, as far as I know, to right now as we're speaking. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just suggest uh, some of y'all go out there, go out there and try, just try to replicate, you know, what you see on television and see how much force you can put on your left knee if, if you could choke someone like that. I, I tried it with my little dog, too, and she about threw me, she about made me fall to the ground because it throws you off balance real quick if that, if that was to squirm underneath you. So um, anyway, I'll let you go. I'll let some other callers get in. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alan. Let's go to uh, Janine in Colorado, patiently holding. Janine, thank you. What's on your mind? Hello. 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 Hi, Thurman. How are you? Doing good. Awesome. All right. Uh, first thing I want to start out with is the definition of the word insurrection. Insurrection is an act or instance of rising in revolt. Rebellion or resistance against civil authority or an established government. Now, it seems to me that some of our land is already under siege by a communist insurrection. It's already going on. It's already here. It's not coming. The Civil War isn't coming. The Civil War is already started. And if we think about it for a minute, it really doesn't matter the whys and the wherefores, at this point in time, the Hegelian dialectic, or, or who's funding what or whom, or non-ending conversations just going on and on about what the politicians are saying or not doing or any of that. The Civil War is already here. We already have communists rising in revolt, rebellion and resistance. They've taken land. They've taken buildings. They're desecrating everything. They're destroying everything. Now we're hearing that none of the rapes and the murders are really being reported. There's, there's just extreme violence in some of these places. And I would like to remind everybody that back in the 1850s and the 1860s, people were just carrying on life as normal. There wasn't radio shows. There wasn't television. There was a newspaper, you know, and, and they got information, very scant information here, there, and yon. But, you know, a lot of people think about the Civil War, and they, they think about entire the entire eastern seaboard of the United States engaged in war, and the way into Arkansas, of course, and, and uh, maybe even parts of Oklahoma having some problems. But, you know, uh, Illinois and all those areas, 
it wasn't going on constantly everywhere, every day, all the time. It was insurrection here, battle there, uh, you know, troops just randomly coming through rural areas, and they might hit a farmhouse where there's a woman and some kids, and her husband's gone, and he's engaged in the war, and she's raped, her kids might have been raped, murdered, killed, looted, plundered, onto the next house. Uh, this kind of stuff was going on and on, and we didn't have near the communication that we have now. Now we've got all this communication, and it seems people are still in some kind of fog talking about a civil war that might be coming. Hell, it is already here. If you were a person that lived in Seattle, for example, you would damn well know that you were in the middle of a civil war right now. There would be no doubt in your mind. I live out in rural Colorado. I've got a farm out here. I'm, you know, a one-hour drive from a medium-sized city and a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Denver. And uh, out where I live, everything is very normal. The chickens are doing what they do, and the cattle are doing what they do, and people are going to their jobs. Uh, you know, the people that work outside their farms, they're going into the city, into their job every day. The city that uh, I'm nearest, Colorado Springs, it has not had any problems. Uh, there's a tremendous military, retired and active duty presence here. Um, so I, I just don't really see much breaking out here in Colorado Springs. And if it did, there might not be any flesh left alive uh, if it really got crazy. But, um, you know, where I'm living, it's, it's very, very peaceful. And yet, in another part of my country that I love, there is absolute all hell breaking loose. So my points are, number one, the Civil War is here. And it's going to be going on and on. I don't see it stopping I see it continuing on, maybe calming down in one place and then firing up in another place. And no, it doesn't matter who's funding it. It doesn't matter. This has been coming for a long time. My dad died in 2003, and for 40 years he tried to tell people that, that this was coming, that things were going this way. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. Our family members totally turned their backs on him. And he kept telling everybody, you all have got to be prepared. You all have got to be prepared. This cruise ship isn't just going to keep sailing forever. And now the cruise ship has run ground, in my opinion. And um, I want to ask everyone, what are you doing currently to contact your neighbors and if you are a person that lives in a rural community? And suburbs, to me, aren't rural. Suburbs are just city neighborhoods that aren't in the middle of town. But... Um, are you talking to your neighbors? Are you making sure that they understand how serious this could become very quickly in your own area? And what if you couldn't drive into town right now to go buy supplies? I don't really know very many people that have eight to ten months of chicken food hanging out in their barn. I don't know of people that have masks of some things. Now, I'm a prepper. I've been a prepper for a very long time. But I don't have absolutely everything in warehouses out here on our farm stocked up. I still have to go into town and get stuff every now and then. You have to have maintenance items for your vehicles. You have to have parts. I mean, what if you had to go into town and it has burst into a violent riot? And, and the town that you have to go to get your car part or your truck part or maybe dog food or whatever it is, all of a sudden you've got to drive your vehicle into an area and you don't know if you're going to get caught up in something. You don't know if 
all hell going to break loose while you're inside the store and you're just trying to get in and get out and get back in your vehicle and get gone again, you just don't know. So my big question for everybody is, have you talked to your neighbors? Are you contacting your local cafe in your little town and the proprietor and saying, hey, can we have a meeting in here one night? You just have a meeting and maybe invite well, some neighbors where I live. People are, you know, a mile apart. Let me do this, Janine. I want to get Wayne on. He's the last caller, and he's been on hold, and we got about four sure. minutes left. So okay. let, let me get let me get to him right quick before we end. Okay, Wayne in Texas. Uh, go ahead, sir. Hi, Farron. Great show as usual. Yeah, I'll jump right into it. Um, for everyone, you know, make no mistake about it. We're in a psychological war being waged on us by the media and political class. First was COVID. Second now is uh, the Floyd murder. And... Uh, what we're seeing is communist-inspired words and phrases like systemic racism. Well, how can that be the case when millions of blacks have taken, uh, taken advantage of free college, SBA loans, and federal contracts, all, all race-based, to help them get a, a leg up? You know, they tell us whites are the most racist, but in 2018, 600,000 uh, crimes between black and whites, and blacks, black and white crime was 90% of that figure, 540,000. They say cops are hunting blacks, but a cop is 18 times more likely to get killed by a black person than, than, than vice versa. So we're getting hit with all these communist-inspired buzzwords and phrases, and, and we have to keep uh, you know, throwing this stuff at people kind of on the fence, like our younger people, some of the folks that are kind of clueless and looking for some direction here. And I hope everybody gets, you know, uh, again, dialed in on some of the statistics that are real important to throw at people. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, you can't even post the FBI uh, web uh, the statistics. They will take um, they will take that down uh, because, you know, the, the truth. We're supposed to deny reality while they rewrite history. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Uh, again, the primer for all this for folks to get boned up on is the communist rules for revolution. And there's a term called psychopolitics. It's the art of communist brain brainwashing. You read some of that information, you'll get really dialed in as to what they're trying to do to us. OK, hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Did I miss Fred? Have we got is Fred on? Have we got Fred? Did I miss him? Hey, Baron. Amen. Hey, Fred, go ahead. we got just a couple minutes. Yeah, it, this is all breach of the public trust. Like uh, Sheriff uh, Doug Schuler, Mojave County, Arizona, told Tucker, Tucker Carlson that the executive orders of the governor are mere recommendations. And in this case, recommendations from a junk pseudoscience quack MD Fauci uh, who is in collusion with his wife at, at uh, NIH, uh, the Department of Human Experimentation Bioethics. Okay, and then uh, Chris Hinckley deconstructed this whole, this whole scandemic relative to the fact that the original uh, Theoretic hyperdimensional speculation numbers from the guy at Imperial College was all retracted. And then recently, some other guy from the UK, a guy by the name of Carl Friston, Friston Friston, declared that 80% of the populace is uh, innately, automatically immune. 
80% of the populace automatically, innately immune. So Doug Shuler, Mojave County Sheriff, we all need to go to our county sheriffs and have them connect with Doug Shuler because he said there's no way he's going to enforce any of this fallacious recommendations and, and, and criminalize his fellow citizens, especially when there's no legislative act mandate. Everyone needs to contact their state senators and demand a hard copy of the legislative act mandate that compels compliance by the, by the citizenry to executive orders. And while you're at it, get, get the mandate for recording your private land deed. Your private property land deed need not be recorded. And who pays the salaries for the cops that are standing down? Who's ordering them to stand down? This is all breach of the public trust. Well, I can't disagree with that. Jeremy, anything you'd like to throw in there? No, I think Fred summed it up very well. It is a breach of the public trust. I mean, it's uh, we got about a minute left, uh, Fred. It's yours. Go ahead. Fred? Fred, we got about a minute left. If you'd like to uh, say anything else. He dropped. Okay. Well, I want to say again, I want to thank Jeremy for joining me this hour, taking phone calls, and I want to thank uh, John Statmiller for the opportunity, and I want to remind everyone, support RBN. It's your support that keeps this alive, this platform, where we can discuss these ideas and where callers can have a voice, and I don't think it's ever been more important than it is right now. Anything else you'd like to add, Jeremy? Yeah, you said it, man. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. Smash that donate button. Send money. That's what keeps it. Um, that's what keeps it going. We're we're out of time for today. And until um, next week, when they come for you, go give them a lead. When they come for your guns, give them the bullets first. And God help us all. We need leaders to lead us, not stick us and bleed us. Take all our money and send it abroad. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right. All the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. The Republic Broadcasting Network, late night, premier show of Red Pill Hardcore, hosted by activists that want to hear from you. The listeners, so that you can get involved in the activism, please call in at 800-313-9443 at 10 p.m. to enter the discussion. To book yourself as a guest, call our studio at 202-657-5715 or contact RBN staff. Remember, keep it real and take the Red Pill. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.